This is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we study topics relevant to the study of sales as a discipline and the ways people are outselling their competition. If you'd like to know more about the series, please join the 192 people who've taken the time to go back and check out our very first episode, where we lay out the framework around what you'll be able to learn when you subscribe and listen. There's a treasure trove of insight in the episode archive, so join the movement and give those old shows some time in your headphones or on the ride home. Let's face it. Feeling secure in your career once you reach your late 40s becomes a more significant decision-making criteria, as corporate America has a habit of making its older employees expendable. As we witness a sea change in the average age of the American employee becoming significantly younger, it's safe to assume that more and more employees of advanced age will deal with this situation at some point in their own career. Mary Beth Patrikas faced that same challenge over 15 years ago, as her career in insurance was cut short by a sale and relocation of the business she had called home for over 16 years. The decision she made to find a way to build her own business while continuing to remain at home with her kids is one that many of us are faced with at some point, and the ways her life was shaped by that decision are incredibly evident in her role as a business owner, community volunteer, and wellness coach for many. I really enjoyed my conversation with Mary Beth. I hope that you enjoyed as well. Give it a listen. So here we are, Mary Beth. This is the inaugural episode of the So You're in Sales podcast at the Brighton Equestrian Center. This is such a beautiful place. So thank you for being so gracious to join me for the first time in our new setting. Thank you so much. I, yes, it is beautiful here. No doubt. I mean, with the with the rolling meadows and the barn with the horses, and we'll forgive the slight horse smell. You know you're here. <laughs> you definitely know you're you're at, you're at the equestrian center when yes, you get you here. Yes, you do. But it's not like it's good. It's not overpowering. It's it's like when you get into the car and you're like, oh, new car smell. I'm, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yours has been such an interesting career. I thought it was really fun for us to get a chance to sort of talk about the backstory, you know, and as you and I have gotten to know one another and spent time together, um, as I spent more and more time with you, it became clear to me like, wow, Mary Breath has a really good story and there's a great opportunity for us to be able to help tell that. So as we sit in the chair today and as we stare out the window on this fall morning, Let's talk a little bit about the backstory of Mary Beth's career that has found her doing what she's doing today. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Well, I worked in an insurance company for 16 years and in various, excuse me, in various positions. Uh, One of the last positions was a systems research analyst. So I really enjoyed my job. Thought I was going to be here till I retired and... That didn't happen. They um, bought another company and they moved to another state and that didn't work for my family and myself. Right. So now I'm unemployed and became a stay-at-home mom, which was very different for me, talking to a four and 18-month-old and, uh, you know, uh, not having a lot of adult intervention, <laughs> but loved being with my kids. Sure. You know, I, I don't, they don't even remember me working outside of the home. It was so long ago. So it's like, well, what's the next plan? What, what do I do? 
And initially it was going to be, well, I'll go back to school, further my education, so when they're in school all day, I can go out and get another job and I'll be more marketable. Yeah, that was the initial plan. But my health was really bad from using products from a company and who claimed to be all natural. And they just, you know, natural is such a broad term. We really have to be careful of that word. And uh, there were stimulants in the products that just really deterred my health. I was in a very bad way. And uh, I was taught by another friend what was in those products. And it made a lot of sense why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And uh, so uh, she joined a company and um, started recommending things to me how to regain my health. And it worked. And so then when I was laid off and I was, what's the next step? And I shared some of that with you already. I thought, well, you know, I really like being at home with my children. I like being a part of their life, helping out at school and, and such. What, what could I do that would still allow me to do that, yet bring in an income? Right. So I started um, teaching people about their health and, and what I was doing. And it's become my business for the last... 15 years. 15 years at this point. And that to me is really what makes it remarkable is this notion of for, for folks like yourself and me at our age and where we are in our careers, there's really been a sea change in the way that what we were taught with respect to what you would expect your career to be versus the way things are today is just so very different. And the, the notion of... Um, holding too many jobs during the course of your career. And when we were coming up, that was supposedly something you weren't supposed to do, right? And you would get the, uh, the title job hopper and that perhaps you're not going to be quite as employable because of your unwillingness to dig in and work for the company for the long haul and be you know, a part of the team, if you will. And I think largely what many of us have found out through this 2008 to today is when it comes right down to it, the company really doesn't care a whole lot about the people on uh, the organizational chart when it comes to the, the financials of the business, right? I mean, it's oftentimes, as, like you said, after all of those years of working for the same organization and feeling like part of the family, it really had nothing to do with you or your performance that dictated the change that happened to you. It had to do with the fact that Commerce waits for no person. How you sit today and what you're able to provide to your clients, how do you feel like that's differed from your time as a systems analyst working for an insurance company? A big part of it is teaching people. I've always felt that education is important. Now, I don't have a degree, I don't treat or diagnose, but teaching somebody something as simple as, hey, read the label on that food. You know, it's a lifestyle. It's not just doing one thing. It's enlightening them and seeing how they change both physically and mentally. You know, it's all one entity. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so rewarding. And a, a huge part of this is just meeting, well, meeting people like you, Roger. I mean, I would have never met you if I didn't have my own business. Sure. And it's just been so wonderful, the relationships that I've encountered over the course of years. For sure. And without having 
uh, a job description with a very specific set of responsibilities and performance analysis measurements to determine whether or not Mary Beth will be looking at your statistics for the last quarter and your performance is off slightly. You know, just the idea of the way that that construct had defined so much of us in the course of our professional careers in the early stages. Something beyond your own control is put upon you in your professional career. I think for many of us, it puts us in that position of having to make the decision of, am I going to try to continue to do it in the way that the company tells me that I should do it? Or am I at a point where now it's time for me to try to do it for myself? And I think many of us are put in that position, not because of our own choosing, but because of situations like that that present itself to us. So, but um, what I've watched of you as, as you've grown your small business now over the course of the last 15 years is the investment that you've been willing to make in others in the community. So talk a little bit about the different ways that you serve the community, be it with your chamber work or some of the other things that you do um, to help make the world a better place. Well, I have volunteered with the chamber on uh, many levels. I volunteer with Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, that really speaks to me because uh, a niece of mine at two and a half was diagnosed with cancer. Oof. And she was a recipient of Make-A-Wish. And uh, just so many blessings. She just turned 23 this year. Wow. So, yeah, a survivor. Yeah. And just a, an amazing young woman. And I also volunteer with the Dance Project, which teaches kids 7th through 12th grade how to swing dance, you know, a more appropriate style of dancing. Sure. And the dances, you know, they have to dress appropriate as well, um, conservatively compared to the way they dress in a high school dance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then I also volunteer with Prelude Home, which helps women who are now homeless, maybe because of a divorce, a job loss, uh, passing of a spouse. And so it's a temporary home to get them back on their feet. Wow. Yeah. So you're, you're spreading the love around, aren't you? Oh, I volunteer at my church too. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you feel like as a business owner, why do you feel like that's all important? I love helping people, whether it's in my business or in a volunteer role. You know, it's... You reap what you sow. For sure. Yeah, and, and to, to the richness of the relationships that you're able to develop as a result of your willingness to give oftentimes eliminate that barrier of connection that you are seeking for people who may want to be people that you would do business with, right? So if you have this opportunity to spend time with them in a setting that doesn't really have anything to do with what you do for a living or with what, what I do for a living... It gives us a chance to get to that whole no like, and trust thing that by the time we've gotten through that part of what we're doing together to help make the world a better place, we usually have a pretty good understanding of, do I like that person and would I be interested in like trying to create some kind of professional relationship with that person outside of our volunteer uh, activities or not, you know, and the real beauty of it is it gives you that opportunity to make that decision in a way that really is not pressure filled around like, hey, uh, how do I check your pricing and make sure that you're not gouging me? Or how can I be sure that your reputation is some, something that I would want to uh, put my money behind in order to make sure that this relationship is gonna work out well. So it, it does so much 
um, to add to the richness of the relationship. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, that's what's worked out for you and I as well in that same way. So by being able to spend that time and invest it in the community in that very purposeful way, I think it gives a lot of us a leg up on folks who aren't necessarily willing to make that investment. But it brings me to another part of the discussion that I think many of us would um, be wise to consider, but oftentimes maybe don't think about, which is this notion of having coaches. And so here I am at this stage of my life with whatever degree of health or lack thereof that I may have. And as I seek improvement in those categories and health and wellness, obviously for those of us in, in our 40s and 50s should be of utmost concern, I had always been very cynical and thought that I didn't need anybody else's opinion, that I could get all of the information that I needed on my own without anyone's input in a way that I could make wise decisions around the products I use and the things that I consume without anybody's professional expertise. Tell me why that's wrong. You can read all the things you want on Google or whatever search engine you use. But the thing is, you're not, you just said it, you know, the no like, and trust. Do you know Google? Do you like Google? Do you <laughs> well, you probably like Google, but I mean, can you trust Google? I mean, right. you're just getting bits and pieces of information. When I sit down with a person, I'm honest, forthright, I ask questions, I find out about them. So instead of spending hours and trying to figure out the answer online, someone can sit down with me for half hour to an hour, you know, and we talk and I ask some questions. I ask about them. That internet is not going to jump out at you and say, hey, tell me about yourself. Sure. What's going on? Sure. And, you know, it's confidential. I mean, there's no HIPAA form to sign. I want people to know they can trust me because I would want to trust someone with personal information. Well, and I, I think um, really what we're talking about at its underlying, um, you know, kind of at its, at its most basic level is the idea of being willing to be somewhat vulnerable to share probably the most closely guarded secrets of any person's life, which is their health. Mm -hmm. And the things that may or may not be affecting that oftentimes are embarrassing, right? So to your point, I, I can be impersonal and go to a third-party search engine and input information in, or in an attempt for me to be able to try to learn on my own. But for me, the upside, downside of the internet is kind of like when people want to buy coffee mugs from... Uh, the internet, right? So if you Google coffee mugs, literally you get like 13 million responses as to how you might be able to make that purchase. So how do you parse out from 13 million different options? What would be the one that you can feel safe about? That you can be sure you're doing the right thing? That somehow you're not harming the environment in a way that you didn't mean to? Or that somehow it might not necessarily give you the intended benefit that you were hoping? This is similar to like, to me, like, all of the other members of what would be considered your personal health team, like a trainer or a nutritionist. You know, many of us believe that we could be healthier if we had more information and yet we're not willing to bring someone onto our personal team in a way that would afford us 
what the internet won't give us as far as information is concerned and it's that personal touch. So talk a little bit like what have been some of the transformations that you've seen when people have been willing to, to make that decision to invite someone like you into their lives to, to talk about their health? A big thing is managing their weight, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's so many different diets out, diets out there and they go from one to the next, oh, this is the next best and greatest thing, or they'll listen to a friend, and, you know, what's right for them? Because what's right for their friend may or may not work for them. And so they they achieve that result. Or, um, you know, just having energy and mental clarity. Maybe it's something with allergies with their kids and, and what they're using in their homes to clean it or to do their laundry. You know, so educating them in that respect to see if it's a fit for them and following up with them. For me, it's, yes, I, I believe in the company that I partner with, but it's ensuring that that person gets the results. They're making an investment. And some of those people that have such great results are now doing the business with me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, so- that's what it's about. You believe in a company and what they do. You want to not just use the products, but help others as well. Yeah, well, it's a personal transformation, right? So Mm -hmm. when someone faced with a set of challenges finds a solution to those challenges that actually works in a way that is transformative for their lives, how do you not then become such a passionate advocate for what it is that you've discovered, right? It's almost like... I've found the fountain of youth. Hey, everyone, I've found the fountain of youth. Hey, everyone, I've found the fountain of youth. For some of us, the challenge is actually believing that the person on the other side of that discussion is trying to reach you in a way that's genuine and authentic and an actual result of their own transformation. So how how does one get to a place where they're able to communicate that in a way that someone else would actually believe? Sharing their own experience. Speaking from the heart. You know, all of us have a story, right? You have a story, I have a story, and, and when they see that sincerity, they believe. Now, there's people that say, oh, I don't think I could do that. But the thing is, it's about teaching again, right? right? We teach people. When you start a new job, you're being taught how to do that new job. So I like to call them apprentices, hmm. that uh, we work with the people they know and like and trust, and vice versa. And we go through that process so that they can create an income for themselves. It may be a part-time income or full-time, wherever they're at in their life. Right, yeah, that's actually a, a, what I sort of wanted to, to close on as we're finishing up here um, at the lovely Brighton Equestrian Center. So you and I, when we were growing up, if there was a change in your job condition really the only real options for most of us were dust off your resume, make the updates to it, get out the want ads, or maybe we were on monster.com at that point or Yahoo jobs or, you know, far cry from Craigslist and Indeed and all of the other ways that people search for jobs today. And you're faced with the decision mostly in that time of what's my next quote career going to be. Who's going to be the next person that's going to hire me? What are the benefit packages that I'm weighing between? What is my target incentive at whatever it is that I'm supposed to be making from a dollars and cents perspective if I'm doing my job? It is so not like that anymore in so many ways. There's certainly, there's still people out there 
getting careers that way. But this whole sort of different economy has, has blown up that is home-based businesses and people that don't necessarily have to dust off that resume and go try to find those jobs. What's been your experience since in the 15 years since you made that decision to say, I'm not going that path anymore? What have you found to be like the parts of it that you've really enjoyed? And if someone else was considering making that particular pivot at this moment, what would be your advice to them for someone who's in that particular decision-making part of their career, whether I need to get back into corporate America or I need to venture off on my own? I think to explore all of your opportunities, you know, to take a look. If somebody's not sure, we just sit down and talk about it. I show them what I'm doing, what others have done, and what the company offers. You know, it, it, it takes a minuscule amount of your time just to take a look. If you don't want to go back and have someone determine your annual raise and, and your job specifications. Or how many if, hours you're even going to work. Well, and if, I mean, you know, what, you want to drive an hour to work or do you want to walk five minutes to your home office? Right. Well, not even five minutes. Two <laughs> right. minutes. It's a second. big house for a five minute Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just, you know, seconds. And so, you know, do you want to uh, work with people that you want to work with, like we were mentioning before, instead of somebody telling you, hey, you have to work with that person. Correct. You know, it. I tell people they're in business for themselves, not by themselves, because we work as a team. We support one another. And it's just really incredible. People, I, I talk to people all across the country and in other countries and just sharing ideas. Mm-hmm. No one feels threatened. They're not insecure. And... The sky's the limit, truly, it really is. And especially given the fact that um, with the explosion of solopreneurs and small business people, the competitive landscape has gotten to the point where it's almost counterintuitive to try to compete against the other small businesses in your community because it really is a village. And when you have the opportunity to know the stories of the other business people in your community, and you can tell them and tell them well, in many instances, you actually become more valuable to the people in your business community because of your ability to connect, right? And so by being able to sort of be able to tell Mary Beth's story, for you to be able to tell my story, or for those of us who are participating in the networking groups that we're participating in, Getting to know someone on an emotional level as opposed to just a cursory level oftentimes is the big difference between your ability to be an effective connector. And what I would say about you, Mary Beth, is your superpower is your ability to be able to do that. And largely, I think it has to do with the fact that you're just, it's second nature to you at this part of who you are as a person. And the fact that you named your business Mama Bear Productions sort of encapsulates the fact that that's who you are as a person. So for someone who maybe is in the mid stage of that transition, so let's say I'm, I'm two or three years in, I've hung out my own shingle, I'm trying to find my way in this, and I'm doing okay, but I know that I can take my business to the next level. What would be your advice for someone that's trying to do that from a local perspective, maybe at the two, three, four year mark? Definitely a business coach, 
you really need it. If you're going to be in business for yourself, you can't know everything to do. And a business coach will guide you in that way and also hold you accountable. You know, nobody's holding you accountable if you have your own business. You're in your, your office and, and such. Getting out into the community. The, one of the best things I did was to join the Greater Brighton Area Chamber of Commerce. I've been a chamber member since 2006. And the people that I've met, the connections, and just learning. I mean, it, it's been such a valuable resource. And... Uh, yeah, so business coach, getting out in the community, and, um, you know, setting a plan in place. What are you going to do? I mean, when you go to a job, you have to, you know, they're telling you, hey, we have to have this done and this done and this done. You need to tell that to yourself. What are you going to do each day to make your business successful? Right? And it doesn't have to be the 9 to 5. I don't work 9 to 5 on my job. Or my, not my job, my business. <laughs> it's not a job. Um, Richard Bliss Brooks said, job is just over broke. Just over broke, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, um, for any of you who fit this criteria of the business that we're describing two or three years in, congratulations, you've made it through what oftentimes can be the most difficult part. is getting to that stage of, okay, now I know I actually have something that people will pay me money for. So now it's how do I spread the message of what it is that I do that is valuable enough that people will pay me money for in a way that I can scale, right? And to your point, and even for me, I mean, we're under a year in business. And one of the things that I've had to try to figure out is how to create a replicatable business process that lets me know what I'm supposed to be doing on Monday morning. <laughs> and if I know that... It gives me the ability to improve my decision making about when something is presented to me with respect to an opportunity. It may be the greatest opportunity in the world, but if it doesn't really fit with what my organizational objectives are, it could be the bright, shiny object syndrome because none of us have that, right? None of us go off and chase the bright, shiny object. Sometimes it's important to know that things that are presented to you may not necessarily be the best for you, but if you haven't put the building blocks in place, similar to having a business coach or some other professional, or even in your instance, if I feel like I need help with taking my health to the next level, I may have achieved a certain amount of success to get me to this stage, but that doesn't mean that I'm a finished product or that I should stop seeking more answers. The difference is I've probably reached a phase of my development that now a coach is more appropriate. Instead of like on day one saying, well, I'm a brand new business. I'm just going to go hire a coach. Well, find out what, you're, what business you're in first right. so that you can seek out the coach who might be best for you and giving you what it is that you need. But Mary Beth, you're right. I mean, without accountability and without an understanding of what it is that you're supposed to actually be doing on a day in and day out basis, days and weeks and months can go by without you even really ever making any significant progress towards whatever objective it is that you set out to be in business for in the first place. So 15 years later, obviously you're doing something right. So congratulations on that. So where, where are, where's the future headed for you? What is it that you'd like to see uh, Mama Bear Productions do in the next couple of years? Oh, just to keep on reaching out to more people. Uh, I'm really seeking out others who are passionate, like I am, about the products and the company that I partner with. and and to help them make a difference for themselves and their families, you know, so that they don't have to go and 
do that 30 minute to 60 minute commute that they can be there for their families when they need them. You know, they decide their own schedule. I mean, it, it may sound, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful and, and such, but there's, there's still things that people have to go through. You know, it's, it's, it's just been really wonderful for me. So who is it for? Well, gosh, um, right now, especially, I would really like to connect with teachers. Okay. Teachers are so underpaid, and God bless them for what they do because I've taught religious ed at my church, and it takes a tremendous amount of strength and patience. Right. <laughs> and uh, and they love what they do. I mean, why else would they have gone to college? But they're, you know, it's not the big paying job, no. and they still have to pay their bills and right. and live life and still enjoy life. And they can use their teaching skills in this business. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And, and you know, if you think about it, obviously... The teaching profession, no one's going to expect that anyone's going to get rich being a teacher. And depending on the district, rich isn't even part of the discussion. It's do we even make enough money to pay our bills, to your point. So any business or any individual who isn't necessarily have reached their financial goals, you know, I I know for most teachers that the challenge is like, I'm super tired when I get home because I've been dealing with a class full of kids all day long. But um, by giving themselves the opportunity to have other sources of income, I actually think it wakes up more joy in the teaching community because some of the stress that a teacher has to take to the classroom may have to do with the fact that they may not have enough money to pay their bills. And what terrible burden to have to take into the classroom and not share with those impressionable young minds sitting in the chair staring at you that maybe we are having a hard time making the mortgage payment this month. So the idea of being able to give them a little bit more financial freedom by giving them another stream of income to me is one of the noblest things that anyone could offer that profession because it really is a tough gig. Well, the thing is, too, is that uh, because of who I chose to partner with and their uh, incredible products, it's giving those teachers, they're investing in their health as well. Right. Because we know what comes into that classroom. Those kids are not always the epitome of health when they walk in that door. (laughs) Right, right. And a classroom is certainly a stressful environment from time to time. So if a teacher is struggling with his or her health, then having to add to the stress of the situation of dealing with the kids can only make it that much worse. Right. Well, Mary Beth, thank you so much for coming in today. This is great. I'm looking forward to uh, getting your story out into the world and making sure that those of us in the So You're In Sales community can spread the message of what it means to help make sure that the world is a better place. So thank you for coming in today. Thank you, Roger. So there you have it. You know, really to me at the core of this episode is the notion of whether or not you can set aside your cynicism to be able to trust someone enough to be able to give what can be oftentimes your most guarded and emotional and embarrassing secrets, which have to do with your health. Being able to be in a position to be able to share what your needs are with someone who you have the confidence in that will be there for you and also be able to help you on your journey towards being the healthiest version of yourself oftentimes is the most difficult hurdle for any of us to clear. So the idea knowing that there are people out there on the other side of that who have gone through the transformation and have been able to change their lives in a significant way from a health perspective really should be the inspiration here for anyone 
who is feeling like they could perhaps achieve something greater than what they've done so far in their lives with the help of a coach. Mary Breath is a great example of someone who's incredibly sincere and willing to help in a way that is really has nothing to do with her own personal success and much to do with the success of the people that she has the opportunity to give her gifts to. So please consider that as you are uh, looking at the ways that you might improve your own life. Don't be afraid to accept a coach into um, your team for the things that are most important to you. So please, if you like what we're doing, continue to share it around with friends and family and business partners and subscribe, and we will continue to bring you the kind of quality programming that you've come to expect. Thank you.